When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from Florida's scenic Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at. And conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call the Venn line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So we're going to talk about the Brianna Taylor case. It has been so wildly misreported that uh, the the conventional wisdom in this case is almost entirely wrong. And I've been reporting on it on this show, trying to correct the record. Of course, uh, you know, I don't have a huge reach, thanks largely to the social media uh, suppression of this show. But if you uh, if you search Google or uh, Facebook for the facts of this case, you will you will come away completely misinformed. I was able to find the facts of the case prior to them being announced by, uh, by the attorney general of Kentucky yesterday, Daniel Cameron, uh, pretty, pretty early on by searching duck, duck, go. If you search duck, duck, go for the, for the facts of this case, they're completely at odds with the big techs, uh, search results. So we're going to talk about the Brianna Taylor case and what the grand jury heard and how they made their decision. We're also going to cover the response to it. Of course, the riots that were perfectly predictable and finally handled, uh, at least in Louisville, uh, in uh, a more orderly and effective fashion. A couple of cops, cops were shot in Louisville last night, uh, that, uh, the celebrities and the mainstream media absolutely have blood on their hands for inciting these riots and inciting this violence against police officers. And we're going to get to the, uh, the story of um, the report on Hunter Biden and his graft and corruption that is basically uh, just a, uh, a bribe to Joe Biden. The media is entirely ignoring it. But of course, the... Uh, the grand jury sitting in Louisville uh, issued a no bill on all but one of the counts against the three officers involved in this Breonna Taylor case. We found out uh, a lot more, or at least the general public found out a lot more than they ever knew from reporting from the mainstream media and the celebrity talking heads. And that was that uh, 
Brianna's Taylor Taylor's apartment was basically used as a stash house for her previous boyfriend, a fellow named Jamarcus Glover, who um, jailhouse recordings had caught uh, negotiating drug deals uh, using Brianna Taylor's apartment to uh, store drugs and money and weapons. She was with a uh, a new boyfriend at the time of the the raid and um and there were no drugs or money found but there was also no search for drugs and money because once the the uh, apartment became a crime scene for a shooting the search warrant was never executed but we do know that Jamarcus Glover was continuing to receive UPS packages that had by, been identified by the postal inspectors uh, and that, that that was probably what they were there for. Now, this issue of the no-knock warrant, um, it was assumed that the police had executed a no-knock warrant because they did, in fact, have a no-knock warrant. But considering the uh, circumstances there, we now know from grand jury testimony of both the current boyfriend named Kenneth Walker and another uh, resident of the apartment complex that in fact the police did knock and they knocked quite loudly and identified themselves to which Kenneth Walker had responded uh, both he and Breonna Taylor had gotten out of bed and uh, gotten dressed and Kenneth Taylor fired a, a shot um, the first shot that uh, wounded Sergeant Mattingly one of the Louisville Metro police officers uh, in the leg that's when all hell broke loose, of course, and all the shooting start, started. And that's where the police uh, really fell down on the job because apparently Brianna Taylor was standing in the hallway, probably silhouetted, and, uh, and they fired on her, hitting her five or six times, depending on which report you believe. So I doubt very seriously that um, Jamar, uh, I mean, um, Kenneth Walker, the guy who shot Sergeant Mattingly, was never he was never shot, but they were able to land five or six shots on Brianna Taylor, so they must have assumed that she was the shooter. Now uh, that's poor target acquisition because unless they had some reason to believe that she was firing on them, they should not have shot and killed her. But <laughs> having seen these things up close and personal, I can tell you once the firing starts. Police pretty much are just um, operating on instinct. All judgment goes out the window, all discernment, and the, they just start firing like crazy. And uh, in this case, there was um, well over two dozen shots fired in response to one shot, and one one shot that uh, found its way home into Sergeant Mattingly's leg. But uh, there was a justified indictment coming out of the grand jury, and that is uh, one of the officers named Hankerson was uh, indicted for wanton reckless endangerment uh, for firing 10 shots. Uh, and these were not fired in response to the initial shots. Apparently, he went out into the parking lot of the apartment complex and fired into Brianna Taylor's apartment uh, through a, a glass window, a, a sliding glass door, 10 shots that um, 
actually went through Brianna's apartment and uh, entered into apartments next door. Now, the media coverage as well, it, it was for recklessly endangering the neighbors, and they were white. So that's why they got an indictment. They got an indictment because it was bad judgment in the extreme to go letting off 10 rounds without a target that you're shooting at. That is really the definition of wanton endangerment. And, uh, and this guy was uh, dismissed from the department almost immediately, and he has now been indicted. And what's, uh, you know, the larger issue here is what you can bet is that the grand jury in Louisville would have loved to have been able to issue a murder indictment against one of these cops that would have, and most certainly the attorney general and the uh, the local DA would have loved that because it would have saved all the rioting we saw last night. But I'm going to have to agree that uh, Brianna Taylor should not be dead. If anybody should be dead, it should be her boyfriend who, in fact, fired on them. But if these cops, as apparently is the case, fired on Brianna Taylor without seeing uh, any indication that she was firing on them, then then that is uh, that is a wrongful death. It does not rise to criminal misconduct because the question of whether or not you can use deadly force is whether you're reasonably in fear for your life. And uh, in this case, uh, it would be hard to second-guess the police officers in saying that they weren't when one of them had already been shot. But you also can't make a good case that it was good police work. And uh, Brianna Taylor's family, she wasn't married, so apparently it was her her um, parents and siblings got a $12 million settlement from the city of Louisville, as well as uh, reforming their, their no-knock procedures. Officer Hankerson has been fired, and now he will be um, prosecuted for uh, reckless, wanton, reckless endangerment, and kind of thinking that he's going to be found guilty of that charge. And all of this, uh, if it had been explained by a responsible news media, and responsible elected officials may have not and not allowed to fester like a a boil for the last six months. I started to say maybe they wouldn't have resulted in riots, but they, you know they they would have uh, any any case uh, they're going to riot the, these people in the streets that are burning, rioting, and looting. They don't know the specifics of these cases. They just know that uh, it's being whipped up by the Black Lives Matter movement, and the, it's their opportunity. In the case of these um, white hipsters to uh, to display their their moral virtue, and in the case of a lot of the the black thugs to engage in looting, and the media is entirely responsible for these riots by mischaracterizing this and beating the drum, along with the celebrity talking heads, and they continued that last night in the wake of the. The um, no bill on uh, murder charges from the grand jury. A fellow named Jason Johnson uh, trotted out on MSNBC and uh, poured fuel on the fire as hard as he could do it. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised, Nicole. I'm not surprised. And, and the, you know, every time this happens, and this has happened a lot, 
I always tell myself before I go on the air, I'm not going to get pissed. I'm not going to do any sort of performative tears. I'm not going to rage or anything else like that. And yet that's exactly what he's going to do is rage uh, and do performative tears. And yet today I, 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 can't, I can't help it. I'm so disgusted by this. I'm so disgusted by Daniel Cameron's performance. I am so sick and tired of black people going on the air and performing for violence and white supremacy and state-sponsored violence against black people and claiming their mamas and claiming they're because a black man they care about it. This woman got shot in her house when she was asleep. She wasn't asleep. She was standing in the hallway. It's like Atiana Jefferson got shot playing video games with her nephew at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's like Botham Jean was eating ice cream, got shot on his couch. I, I, I'm telling people, I, I'm sitting here in, in, in my house right now. I have an IFB in my ear. I can't hear much. So if cops busted into my house right now and shot me on the air, <laughs> what Daniel Cameron basically told America is that that would be legal. If they thought that there was something wrong, I could be shot in broad daylight on national television in my house because the cops can break in and shoot whoever they want if they're concerned. That if they're concerned. is why people are upset. Now, this guy is a Ph.D., J- Jason Johnson. He's, uh, he's too stupid to understand or to acknowledge that, in fact, the cops have been fired on and that they were reasonably in fear for his life. He, he cannot wrap his highly educated mind around the intricacies of the use of force. Let's listen to what else this idiot has to say. That is why protesters are mad at the media, because they're tired of these discussions being teased out in ways that give justifications for nothing other than state-sponsored white supremacy and killing of black people. It is so... Oh, my God. I mean, that is pure incitement. Right there on MSNBC, totally ignoring the the actual facts in this case. MSNBC is in a tough competition with CNN to try to be the most unhinged in the wake of these riots. Here's Joy Reid doing her best to make sure that the the evening ends with arson and looting. You know, I said it earlier today, and I will say it again. Tonight's today's ruling states that in legal terms, Breonna Taylor's life did not matter. That message was heard loud and clear, and not just by black Kentuckians, but let's face it, by black Americans everywhere, that according to the theory of of the law that was voiced today by Attorney General Cameron, police have the perfect right to bust into your home in the middle of the night if you have any association with someone police are looking for. Well, they have a right if they have a warrant. And in this case, they did have a warrant, and they went to execute that warrant. They didn't execute it in a no-knock fashion, as you would have been led to believe if you had got your news from MSNBC or CNN. They knocked, identified themselves, they were fired upon, and then all hell broke loose. But instead of trying to calm um, tensions, MSNBC, CNN, the mainstream media were all out there stirring the pot. And they all like to attack Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron because he's black and he is also quite right in his interpretation of the law. When we get back from this break, we'll hear from him. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. 
No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So before we get to um, Daniel Cameron, the Kentucky Attorney General's uh, statements, I want to talk a little bit about these no-knock warrants. You know, the left has been very... um, successful as push at pushing the Overton window so far that now it's it's kind of accepted that no knock warrants need to be outlawed um, in the case of Brianna Taylor uh, a no knock warrant was not justified and that's probably why the police uh, didn't execute it as a no knock warrant it probably should have never been issued as a no knock warrant but no knock warrants are abused Quite often in this country, it gives the uh, the responding police officers the opportunity to to uh, you know engage in a tactical assault, which always gets their their juices flowing, um, and they often refer uh, end up in uh, in shooting, um, but that have had deadly effects on both citizens and police officers. But at the same time, there are cases where no knock warrants are uh, the safest and most effective uh, way to um, to gain evidence. Of course, the reason they have no-knock warrants is because it gives the police the element of surprise when they believe that uh, the people on the other side of the door are going to be armed and ready if they uh, were to knock on the door and would begin to start destroying evidence by flushing it down the toilet. I think uh, the the case for no knock warrants needs to be limited strictly to uh, to uh, drug dealers that uh, you know have uh, a big operation and uh, and are known to engage in violence and uh, and they probably need to be executed in a way where uh, you know the the door is knocked down and the police um, begin to enter uh, behind some sort of bulletproof shield with lots of lights. Lots of lights on it, so you're not shooting a, a, a woman that's standing in a hallway that's not uh, not armed. So, yeah, no-knock warrants probably need uh, some reform. They do not need to be eliminated entirely, and uh, I hope that the, uh, the people that make these decisions can make the distinction. So I talked about uh, Kentucky Attorney General Dameron, uh, Daniel Cameron. He took... Uh, charge of this case as a special prosecutor and uh, and shepherded it through the uh, the grand jury and I can tell you if he could have gotten a uh, an indictment for murder out of them that that would have been the best of all possible worlds for him but he didn't he presented the case uh, factually to the grand jury and the grand jury declined to indict on the more serious charges and here is Daniel Cameron uh, in Louisville yesterday explaining uh, the, the grand jury's reasoning. LMPD's Criminal Interdiction Division. Federal law enforcement partners are conducting that investigation. Sergeant Mattingly and Detectives Cosgrove and Hankinson had no known involvement in the preceding investigation or obtainment of the search warrant. They were called into duty as extra personnel to effectuate the service of the search warrant. 
They only had information conveyed to them during their prior briefing. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals standing beside LMP. So Mattingly came, comes through the door. The first shot is fired by Kenneth Walker, her boyfriend. He says he did not know it was police officers. He thought it might have been um, Brianna Taylor's former drug-dealing boyfriend. And, uh, and of course, uh, once you fire on police, all hell is going to break loose, and that's exactly what happened. Here is another clip of um, Kentucky Attorney General Dan- Daniel Cameron uh, in his news conference yesterday. Violations, potential violations of federal law. I know that not everyone will be satisfied with the charges we've reported today. My team set out to investigate the circumstances surrounding Ms. Taylor's death. We did it with a singular goal in mind, pursuing the truth. Kentuckians deserve no less. The city of Louisville deserves no less. Every person has an idea of what they think justice is. My role as special prosecutor in this case is to set aside everything in pursuit of the truth. My job is to present the facts to the grand jury, and the grand jury then applies those facts to the law. If we simply act on emotion or outrage, there is no justice. Mob justice is not justice. Justice sought by violence is not justice. It just becomes revenge. And in our system, criminal justice isn't the quest for revenge. It's the quest for truth, evidence, and facts, and the use of that truth as we fairly apply our laws. Our reaction to the truth today says what kind of society we want to be. Do we really want the truth, or do we want a truth that fits our narrative? Do we want the facts, or are we content to blindly accept our own version of events? We, as a community, must make this decision. I understand that Miss Brianna Taylor's death was wrong. I, I mean, it really, he could not have represented his office better in, uh, in the citizens of Kentucky. This was a tragedy. It's a shame that it happened. It, uh, it was, wouldn't have been necessary had um, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, not fired on police. But even then, you could say that, you know, he... He uh, really didn't um, believe that the um, the officers were the police, and that he was uh, reasonably in fear for uh, for his life and safety as well. Danielson went on to ask the celebrities who have become the big influencers 
to uh, to to not try to incite. Of course, that was ignored entirely. There will be celebrities, influencers, and activists who, having never lived in Kentucky, will try to tell us how to feel, suggesting they understand the facts of this case and that they know our community and the Commonwealth better than we do. But well, he. He was very precedent in that uh, because Oprah Winfrey and Sarah Silverman, uh, Viola Davis, a whole conga line, Amy Schumer, immediately trotted out and used their platforms on social media to twist this event, to incite the mob, and to cause as much disruption as they could so that they could uh, posture as social justice warriors. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at this, uh, this report on Hunter Biden's corruption right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Stick with us. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So, of course, the media and the celebrities, the influencers, got their way, and we had riots last night. Although, I got to say, in the epicenter of this incident in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, the, the state government there showed how to go about this. They called out. They canceled, uh, they, they called an emergency days in advance, uh, uh, declared an emergency, and they called out the National Guard and had them in place. They also, uh, very early on, started making arrests, mass arrests. They, they weren't messing around. They weren't doing onesies and twosies like you see in Seattle and uh, in Portland. They were, uh, they were corralling whole people that were out as soon as the curfew took effect and they were in violation of the curfew and started started making arrests and had buses there to haul them off uh, that sent a message loud and clear to the uh, to the rest of them and sort of put a damper on a lot of the riots actually what they did is they uh, they started dispersing out of the downtown area and trying to find areas in the uh, uh, the outlying areas uh, where the, they could uh, they could carry on that's what happened when uh, when a couple of Louisville Metro police officers were shot, they had uh, the the rioters had gone out from downtown and under underneath the interstate overpass, and the police were responding out there because they had uh, been reports of shots fired. And uh, as soon as they arrived on the scene, a um, a Black Lives Matter thug fired ten shots, wounding two of them. They're both in stable condition and respect expected to fully recover. And the uh, shooter whose name I don't have, 
um, uh, is in custody. And I think uh, a lot of this uh, uh, this lessening of the 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 riots in Louisville is because of a, a southern mindset. There, I said yesterday that uh, that Louisville's response would be uh, would would decide whether or not they uh, they can still call themselves a southern state, and they most certainly can. Uh, property owners. Um, deployed and defended their property local militia group uh, was on hand uh, should things should the uh, the state and uh, national guard authorities uh, lose control of the situation they conducted that they were armed but they conducted themselves peacefully and uh, despite the chance of uh, burn it down and on twitter Jack Dorsey allowed a hashtag to trend Louisville will burn. And they were called to task on that. It's not as if they weren't aware of it. Uh, uh, Jack says that doesn't violate the terms of Twitter. So it's very interesting. The double standard they've got there. If you, uh, if you stray outside the politically correct line and you're on the right side of the political spectrum, of course they will, suspend you and terminate you at the drop of a hat, but the left is allowed to get a hashtag like Louisville will burn going. And not only do they turn a blind eye to it, but they, uh, they validate it and say that doesn't violate their terms for incitement to violence. But it wasn't just Louisville. They had, uh, they had rioting in, of course, Portland and Seattle, Washington, D.C., uh, even um, Colorado, Denver, Colorado, and, and a place in Texas had some sporadic violence. And what I want to know is, you know, Donald Trump uh, came out and called for calm and, uh, and uh, sent best wishes to the police officers that had been shot in Louisville. Why are the Democrats required to disavow this violence, this rioting, this looting, this arson? They set fire to the uh, police headquarters, and I think it was in St. Louis last night. Why aren't they, the Democrats required to disavow? You know, the first thing they do every presidential season is they run to the Republican candidate, and they require that he disavow David Duke and white supremacists and Klansmen everywhere. And then they go through Congress requiring every Republican office holder to disavow. Why aren't Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrat Party who have done so much to validate and con- contextualize this Black Lives Matter and Antifa violence? Why aren't they required to disavow? By name, not just these boilerplate statements, squishy statements uh, opposing violence. They, sh- they should have to... Uh, disavow Antifa and Black Lives Matter by name. And I guess that's going to be left up to these alternate uh, conservative media sites, but you need to get, you need to get on it. Every time Biden shows up somewhere, even if you're not allowed to ask a question, you ought to be shouting, will you disavow Antifa? Will you disavow Black Lives Matter? Let him refuse to do it. And then they they pursue this uh, this grand hoax that Donald Trump said that uh, that 
Klansmen were very fine people. Down here in Florida, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has, in fact, instructed the state's attorney general to investigate Mike Bloomberg and his his bribery, his donations to convicted felons in order for them to pay restitution and be eligible to vote and their their penalties. Those donations most certainly violate federal law. I read uh, the the uh, the code section to you on yesterday's show. If you're paying anybody in order for them to vote or to not vote, no matter what candidate they are going to vote for, that is a federal crime. Mike Bloomberg will have plenty of money and he'll be able to tie this up in, the co- in court until well after the election, but he should have to answer for this bribery. So the big story coming out of Washington yesterday was Senator Ron Johnson's Homeland Security Committee issued a report detailing Hunter Biden's financial corruption with foreign entanglements in Russia, China, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and other foreign influence in this upcoming election. And the media wants to pretend like, oh, this is no big deal. Uh, Joe Biden was cleared because all of these things fell on Hunter Biden's head. Ignoring entirely what's really going on here. And what's really going on here is the, the princeling model of corruption that's so common in a lot of these kleptocracies. Where they pay millions and millions of dollars to the children and relatives of powerful elected officials and... And that is just their way of paying bribes. But the media was all on board yesterday and ignoring the reality that these payments to Hunter Biden and his brother and uh, sister, James Biden and Sarah Biden, were nothing more than bribes being paid to Joe Biden. They immediately went on the offense and uh and issued some uh, order out of the Southern District of New York requiring Eric Trump to testify, and that was the that was the headlines that uh, the mainstream, the corporate media, were pursuing yesterday. Not the fact that the former mayor of Russia's widow paid Hunter Biden three point five million dollars for what we have no idea. And that Hunter Biden used some of that money to pay off uh, Russian foreign nationals in this country that were engaged in human trafficking and prostitution. And that those very same funds were then transferred back into Russia. Now, if Donald Trump's children had done any of this, he would immediately be disqualified as being a legitimate presidential candidate. You have to wonder just how big, how massive the corruption in the Biden family would need to be to get the interest of our corporate media. On CNN, they had no segments. They they uttered not a peep about this report. It was actually coming out of two committees. I think it was the Homeland Security Committee and the Financial Services Committee. 
MSNBC, similarly, zero segments. If you read the coverage that was just fleeting on the pages of the Wall Street, uh, uh, the uh, Washington Post or the New York Times, they tried to frame it that this was somehow a vindication of Joe Biden. <laughs> and the the Democrats are always doing whatever they they accuse you of, and this puts the whole Russia hoax into an entirely different light. Now that we know that the Obama administration's uh, vice president was involved in uh, the his son was involved in corruption in Russia and China and Ukraine. And, of course, that's exactly why they impeached Donald Trump, because he had asked about this corruption with the new uh, president of Ukraine. Whatever they accuse you of, that's what they're doing. So we've passed this 200,000 mark of supposed deaths from the Wuhan virus. Fox News has confirmed that 94% of the, uh, these deaths involved other comorbidities, at least two or three comorbidities, 90, 94% of the time. So we'll never know probably how many actually died of COVID-19. We do know that back in May, uh, the forecasters were saying that, uh, it could be as many as 2.2 million. So however you you look at it, um, this is a best-case scenario. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. So Joe Rogan, a podcasting monster, he he is uh, he's doing more views of his podcast than a typical evening newscast. He's been picked up by Spotify now, and they have uh, agreed to pay him one hundred million dollars for exclusive rights. So he has become a major influencer. The problem is he's not fitting in. He's not he's not kowtowing to the uh, the leftist narrative, and so. They have, uh, the, the left has uh, started smearing him and trying to marginalize him. And, um, and it's probably because he has called for a, a debate with, with no audience, just have, uh, Donald Trump and old Joe Biden in a room and ask him some tough questions. Of course, Joe Biden would never, ever agree to that. 
Donald Trump uh, has has agreed to it um, with no no restrictions, no uh, no ground rules. Rogan has had um, Edward Snowden, the NSA whistleblower, on his program just uh, about a week ago. That episode got more than five million views just on YouTube. Snowden also appeared on his program last October. And uh, to date, that episode has gotten 16 million views. You want to put that in perspective. Uh, Tucker Carlson's top-rated cable news show usually does between 4 and 5 million viewers a night. So the political media and the uh, the mainstream media is now uh, starting to try to figure out how to deal with this cultural phenomenon that is Joe Rogan's podcast, and uh, and they've decided that he is a uh, he's a fascist, <laughs> he's a Nazi, he is, uh, you know, everything that they hate. Now, they loved him before, you know, he started uh, pointing out that that Joe Biden is uh, is uh, senile and uh, really unfit to uh, to be president. But now <clears throat> they've decided that uh, Joe Rogan must be stopped. And so they trot out their their usual weapon, calling him a racist and a Nazi and a lot of yada, yada, yada. The shooter of those two police officers in Louisville is named... Lorenzo Johnson, L-A-R-Y-N-Z-O. And uh, he is uh, he's in custody, good police work. Well, we've got 40 days till the, uh, to the election, and uh, old Joe Biden, he's 77, started off today by once again calling a lid. They need to come up with some other term to try to, uh, to keep from drawing attention to what they're doing. They're shutting down. For the day, this is the second time just this week that they have called a lid before 10 a.m. Did I say second time this week? It's the ninth time this month. So apparently he's so exhausted from his trip to North Carolina yesterday that uh, that he's got to recover. I guess they can only give him so many shots of Adderall or B-complex or whatever they're doing to try to to stir him to coherency. And the rest of the time, they just shut it down to keep from exposing him. 37% of the days in September so far, he has uh, has been off the campaign trail. I mean, if he's not able to be an effective candidate, how the hell is he supposed to run a country? So Donald Trump traveled to the Supreme Court building to pay his respects from the recently deceased Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and of course the left is through a tantrum. Here's what it sounded like. So here they are politicizing a, uh, a, an elderly woman lying in state as her death, accusing Trump of not showing the, 
the requisite respect for for nominating a replacement on Saturday. So this uh, recently released report from from uh, Ron Johnson's Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and uh, the Committee on Finance was entitled Hunter Biden, Burisma, and Corruption, the Impact of U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns. This report focuses primarily on the huge amount of money that Burisma funneled uh, to Hunter Biden in order to influence his father. And, of course, Devin Archer, who is uh, John Kerry's, um, no, Chris Hines, who is John Kerry's uh, stepson. What we can't overlook, though, is that there was a Russian angle to the Biden's family corruption. And uh, and after the left has spent years trying to smear Trump with Russia, 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 it turns out the only one that we know for a fact colluded with a Russian billionaire was Hunter Biden, the current Democrat president's son. So let's follow the trail of uh, Hunter Biden's partnerships and his corruption. In 2009, he created Rosemont Seneca Partners with Devin Archer, his friend, and Christopher Hines, John Kerry's stepson. In 2013, he created Rosemont Seneca Partners. No, in 2013, Rosemont Seneca Partners, who he created in 2009, joined with the Thornton Group to create Rosemont Seneca Thornton. What you need to remember is that Hunter is uh, one of the people behind all of these entities. On the Russian side of things, there's a a woman named Elena Bertuna. She's the widow of the former Moscow mayor, Yuri Lazgarov. Lazgarov was so corrupt that even Vladimir Putin's government acting uh, through the then-president Dmitry Medvedev, dismissed him in 2010. But when the former mayor died, his widow ended up being a millionaire and one of the richest women in Russia. Russia. Although the Senate report doesn't say so, one has to assume that a female oligarch on uh, in Russia is on good terms with Vladimir Putin, otherwise she'd be in jail. That money that she uh, inherited comes from plastics. When he was alive, her husband funneled uh, real estate projects to ENCO, uh, which is um, the the late mayor's plastics company. So on the Hunter side of the equation here, we have Rosemont Seneca Partners. On the Russian side, we have Miss Bertruna. And here's the money part. On February 14th, 2014, Petruna wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton. That's quite a Valentine's Day gift, but it, the report doesn't say why she sent that money. Eleven separate times between May 6th and December 8th, 2015, Petruna wired money to a bank account called BAKUSA LLC headquartered in Buffalo, New York, with computer tablets in cooperation with a Chinese company. In 2019, BAK USA filed for bankruptcy and reported a loss of $39 million. 
So when you dig into this report, there's no getting around the fact that Hunter Biden, a drug using, cocaine addicted, uh, stripper um, fathering, who almost instantly on his brother's death took up a, an affair with his widow, has no useful business talents, but he did have one thing that he could trade on, and he was very effective at that, and that was his influence with the vice president of the United States, his father, Joe Biden. So you look at the timing of Joe's trips to China, where Hunter Biden was in tow and then walked away with a million, a billion and a half investment while he was there with his vice president father making sweetheart deals with the communist Chinese. And then when he put pressure on uh, the Ukrainian president to ignore the corruption at Burisma, where Hunter Biden was sitting on the board and to fire the prosecutor that was uh, investigating Burisma. And what you've got here is a giant stinking mess of corruption by the Democrats presidential candidate. It's hard to believe really that they nominated Joe Biden, knowing all of this dirty laundry. I guess they thought they could drag him across the line and then he could continue to cover up. But if you look at all of the, the, uh, senators and Congress people that are on foreign payrolls, you can see why they're all very anxious to sweep this under the rug, including Republicans, by the way, Mitt Romney in particular, who was apparently also on the board of another Ukrainian energy company. Joe Biden has largely been allowed to uh, hover above all of this, and that's I guess that's one of the reasons he doesn't take any questions, but Here's an interview that he conducted last year with Axios where the uh, interviewer actually asked him some tough questions on this issue. Board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Well, it doesn't uh, pass the smell test because it was a no-show job that Hunter Biden was paid $3.5 million for. And the only uh, work he did, apparently, was to lobby his father. You're vice president. Isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know... No. What's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down no. some guardrails? Um, unless there was something that was, uh, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. How about you got the prosecutor who was investigating the company that, whose board he was sitting on to be fired? So look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. <laughs> and there it is. If you want to talk about problems, let's talk about Trump. Don't don't look at the actual prima facie evidence against me and the other Democrats. Let's go ginning up some hoaxes and some fake dossiers against Donald Trump. I mean, come on. This is come on, man. So, <laughs> These so, guys are amazing. 
So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you, know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, Say so you're elected, you're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. Notice the, always the lack of examples or evidence. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign... Those patent applications took place well before Donald Trump was ever elected president. Business for your relatives in office. Well, if it's wrong while he was president, why wasn't it wrong when he was vice president and had the portfolio for the Ukraine and the reset with Russia and, uh, and the Middle East? The double standard here is unbelievable. If, if Donald Trump had engaged in one one-thousandth for his family of this kind of corruption, it would be hearings, there would be impeachments, there would be specials on 60 Minutes, it would be endless. But Joe Biden did it. He's, it's okay. That takes us to the end. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll be back here again tomorrow. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.